This is the Relish Podcast with Kate Stevenson. Hello there, I'm Kate Stevenson. So this, of course, is the Relish Podcast, a celebration of all things food, wine and travel. This week on the show, the festivals are back with a vengeance this summer and one of Melbourne's best is the Prosecco Festival. The brainchild of Melbourne's Prosecco Queen Mel Breuer, it's a celebration of the bubbly stuff from Homeland Italy and Victoria's best too. And this year it'll take place at Melbourne's stunning Abbotsford Convent. So I'll ask her what we can expect. Also, it wasn't all bad news out of COVID. Nabil Ansari had one of the more positive stories, eventually. A chef at Sunda, come lockdown, he was unable to access government support. And so he cooked, at first for neighbours and their friends out of his apartment kitchen, and eventually garnering a loyal following as he took over one of the Windsor Hotel kitchens. Well, now he's hit the big league, taking over as head chef at Paran's Firebird. I'll find out how he's enjoying taking on Vietnamese cuisine. And of course, we'll finish up with a wrap of Eat, Drink, Do Melbourne, including Roast Chook and Mexican in Hyatt, Sky High Views and Fine Dining at Eureka 89, a cocktail recipe from me and a preview of the Ricotta Festival. All that coming up on this, the Relish Podcast, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel for Easy Music 3MP. Easy Music 3MP plays all your favourite songs to help you relax. But don't forget who's taking you home and in whose arms you're gonna be. Songs you grew up with. So darling, save the last dance for me. Songs you know. Songs you love. with us. Melbourne's Easy Music 3MP. Well, summer means plenty of things. Ice cream, caravan holidays, sand in places it just shouldn't be, and of course, cold sparkling wine. My next guest turned a passion for Prosecco into a full-blown business, and along the way, she founded Melbourne's only Prosecco Festival, which this year will take place this Saturday, the 25th of February, at the beautiful Abbotsford Convent. She is the Prosecco Queen. Melissa Breuer, welcome. Well, hello there, you. Now, we've clearly talked Prosecco before, and over the last few days, it's been on quite a trajectory in terms of popularity and I assume as well sales. So has that changed at all? Uh, No, it just keeps going from strength to strength. It has been outselling champagne for a number of years. It continues to grow market share and um, the trend in Italy was then for the Rosé Prosecco, which has also seen a massive boom in the popularity of Pink Prosecco, which has um, then fed into the Australian production of Pink Prosecco, which a number of producers are doing now as well. So it's um, it's just going from strength to strength, which you, is awesome. You've just made me feel so predictable. I'm really enjoying Pink Prosecco at the moment. What? I love the pink bubbles. <laughs> I just can't nice. get enough of it. What are people more likely to drink in Melbourne? Do we go for the sort of Australian-made and grown Prosecco, those brands we know, or, or do people branch out to the Italian stuff? Well, we're mad for the pink stuff. I know that. Um the it's quite funny because without the Italian Prosecco, we wouldn't have an industry. Yeah. Um, and the Italian Prosecco is like nothing on this earth. If you try that, and it, I love Australian Prosecco and I drink a lot of it. Mm. Um, 
The Italian Prosecco is actually vastly different in the way it tastes, um, the way it smells. Um, it's just by nature the fact that it's from, you know, a different country, so, you know, different soil, um, different microclimates in the beautiful hill hilltops. Um, it's It's got almost like a nectar characteristic, which we don't typically create here with the way we make our Prosecco. It's very fresh. Um, very lemon zesty, whereas the Prosecco in Italy, they have a, a couple of, well, quite a few different styles. And the more popular style has a tiny bit more sugar in it, which then gives you these incredible notes of almond um, and a sort of honey and a bit more stone fruit. Um, whereas the drier styles, which it seems are uh, getting more and more popular, and definitely a lot of what we do here is like that, is more lemon sherbet and a citrus zing. So they're two completely different beasts um, and I can't really choose between them. To See, be and this is interesting, Mel. This is why things like your Prosecco Festival are so good because I feel like for plebs like me, it's hard to know if you're drinking the good stuff when it comes to the stuff from Italy. We know the beautiful local brands, I think. You know, we, we know our Pizzinis and our Del, Del Zottos and all mm. those ones that are doing great Prosecco, but it's really tough to know what to expect or what to look for in the Italians, and that's what people can do if they come along to the festival. So there'll be two sessions this year, day and night. What, what can they expect? So I did a count um, this afternoon of how many wines wines we had and it's the most we've ever had it looks like we're almost up to around 50 different wines oh. um we've also got um so there'll be a heap of australian producers and then some beautiful um italian wines um and the italian wines are a lot of them are the the hand-picked grapes they're incredible quality docg wines we've got some super popular um pink Bubbles as well, the pink Prosecco out of um, the people that were the first ones in Australia that I know of was Chester Camillo. Uh, they've been with me from the very beginning. This is the sixth festival and they were the first ones to have the pink Prosecco and that was like the, that was actually the one that was the most popular year on year on year. Like they obviously nailed that early um, and that's a beautiful drop. So there'll be Italian Proseccos, there'll be the pink um, Proseccos, there'll be a heap of Australian stuff. And then we've got some really interesting little other offerings, which I kind of snuck in there because I can. So people like Pizzini, who I absolutely love, have got, they've just launched the most beautiful sparkling Moscato that's not too sweet. Um, obviously, Moscato is a sweeter wine, but it's got a beautiful balanced acidity to it. And they've also launched a Lambrusco. And I'm like, I know it's not Prosecco, but it's Italian sparkling wine, so you need to bring that. And the amount of people that will just be like, I'm trying that. Well, so And will, will they be trying it because, you know, we kind of we have a bit of a shudder when we see the word Lambrusco. How is it? Is I it worth know. trying? And it's fantastic because um, Pizzini and their um, social media and stuff, they've basically said, forget what you think you know about Lombrusco. This is not the stuff you used to drink in the 80s, the overly sweet or, or you know, like a super syrupy black currant fizzy drink. This is the Lombrusco like it's supposed to be. The, the the real good stuff from Italy, um, which still does a roaring trade over there, and that is um, much drier 
and very fruit forward and absolutely beautiful and so easy to drink. We went up there to the cellar door and tried it for the first time and literally bought a case on the spot. We were like, that is a thing now. It's beautiful. And I've got another guy, a winemaker um, by the names of James Scarcebrook, and his label's called Vino Intrepido. And he's also bringing a Lambrusco. And he, he was... He's been making that for a little while now as well. So there's, it's it's becoming a thing, um, which is fantastic. And I just figured, why not? There's going to be that many people there that love Italian wine. You might as well throw a few little extra little tidbits into the mix. We've also got a couple of Italian um, producers bringing some um, Moscato as well. So you can try an Australian Moscato and an Italian Moscato. So it, there's a few little extra be- little sort of trips, uh, treats um, for people, which is lovely. Um, and Del Zotto just announced today on email to me, which I'm super excited about, that they are um, giving every single person that comes to the festival a can of their Prosecco to take home. Oh, they are our festival sponsor and we've been partnering with them for a couple of years now um, and they've been a fantastic supporter. I mean, they're Australia's first Prosecco, so it makes sense that we kind of partner up in this way and um, we include them in the VIP masterclasses. We have Christian or Michael Delzotto will come every year to the festival and I'll get them to present a couple of their wines um, in amongst some Italian wines in the VIP masterclasses. Um, And, yeah, they've just said today, hey, we don't have... uh, what do you think about this idea? And I'm like, oh, I'm loving this idea. Thank you very much. That sounds awesome. So people are getting pretty good value for money when well, you think about it. Well, I was going to say, so that's, all those wines. that's pretty phenomenal. If people are getting their tasting glass, they are going to get tastings of Prosecco from more exhibitors than you have ever had in the history yep, of the festival. Correct. And will walk away with their own Prosecco can too. That yep. is phenomenal value. They yeah, can get one of those, those VIP tickets, which will get them a masterclass, will get them into the gorgeous VIP area. And I assume Mel, if we're talking great Italian wine, there'll be some hearty Italian food on site too for people to soak it all up with. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've got Arancini Art, who have again been with us since the start. Um, they always have the most beautiful Arancini. Um, we've got um, Abruzzo Lab doing the Arostacini skewers, which are beautiful. Um, we have um, Il Panzerotto, the taste of Puglia. I can only describe that sort of as like a calzone, but it's full of beautiful um, vegetables or meat. We've got Miller Cheese joining us, another Northeast Victorian legend, which pairs beautifully with all the Northeast yeah, Victorian Prosecco. Yeah. Um, the Pav Queen is joining us, which oh. I'm super excited about. Um, and we also have the Hamptons Bakery Ooh. are going to be doing the most amazing toasties ever. And they're actually going to be using the Miller cheese in that. Um, they also have all these amazing baked goods, like, you know, croissants and all sorts of different stuff. Um, and we also have uh, one of our Italian um, producers, they also have a food importing business and they've got all this beautiful um, panettone and, and uh, pandora, the beautiful Italian cake, which I've said I want to grab and use in the Prosecco masterclasses as well, just to show how many different types of food uh, you can actually put with Prosecco. So it goes from, you know, entree to dessert, really, which I love. 
Melissa Breuer, Prosecco Queen and founder of the Prosecco Festival. It sounds like a hell of a lot of fun. I know you do have some tickets left. What a gorgeous way for people to spend a Saturday or a Saturday night at the Abbotsford Convent tasting beautiful sparkling wine, beautiful Prosecco with some mates. People can head to eventbrite.com and search Prosecco Festival for tickets and they can find you on social media. Thank you so much for chatting to me today. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Mel. Stick around. Plenty more to come on Relish, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel for Melbourne's Easy Music 3MP. This is the Relish Podcast with Kate Stevenson. Let's be honest, those two years of COVID were anything but fun. For some, they were devastating. For others, definitely annoying. But in some cases, some good did come out of the gloom. My next guest was certainly floored by the first lockdown. An Indian national working in top Melbourne restaurant Sunda, Nabil Ansari couldn't access government support. So he did what he does best. Over successive lockdowns, he cooked, initially for neighbours and their mates out of his apartment kitchen and eventually out of the Windsor Hotel kitchen where he could reach more people like me who got to taste his superb food. In between, he worked his way up in the Sunda kitchen and made something of a name for himself in the food world. Well, that is all behind him now and what's ahead is a new challenge as head chef of terrific Paran restaurant Firebird. Nabil Ansari, thanks for joining me today. Hello, Kate. It's my pleasure to join you. Hey, how excited are you about the new gig? Oh, very excited. It's a new challenge and it's my first official head chef role. So I'm very excited for this. Yeah, it's so cool. If we if we do look back just for a moment, um, is it hard to take in that whole COVID experience, the idea that we went through it all and that was, you know, two, three years ago now? Oh, I think it's, I don't know, for me, it was, yes, very hard in the beginning, but uh, I think it opened a few more doors for me. Uh, there was definitely a struggle period, but I got to challenge myself and come up with something different. And overall, for me, it was a very different experience, but a good experience, I would say. Yeah, I was going to say that because I didn't want to guess, Nabil. In my introduction, I sort of said, you know, some people did have some positives. Do you see it, yeah. you know, overall, I guess, looking at what happened for you beyond that and where you are now, did, did part of that come out of what, what was some positives from COVID? 100%. I think uh, uh, if it wasn't COVID, uh, I wouldn't try to cook Indian food as much. I would be cooking whatever people told me to cook. Uh, and I wasn't much fascinated by Indian food uh, during uh, during my role at Sunda. Uh, but as as soon as I started cooking more of Indian food, it actually made me think, oh, I'm actually good at this <laughs> and I should be doing this more. Yeah, it did. COVID did impact me positively, I would say. Nabil, good is an understatement. You know, the other day I went back and I had a look, you know, I'd done a review when when I had your, your food out of the Windsor and I went back and looked at the photos and read what I had written and I could remember eating it and I remember that stunning smoky butter chicken and that fire-licked ticker. So Firebird must be a really great place for you because it is all centred around cooking on charcoal and flame, isn't it? Exactly. At uh, Firebird, we do have a very uh, big hut, uh, an open wood fire, and we do have a pizza wood oven as well. So it's a fun place to uh, experiment 
uh, with different proteins, not only doing chicken tikka. So what I've learned and gathered from my past experience uh, in the industry, I'm trying to come up with new ideas at Firebird. That's super exciting. And so what can we expect? What's on the menu at the moment or what are you enjoying cooking or, or playing with at Firebird? Uh, from the snacks menu, I'm very excited with uh, there's this uh, since it, the whole team is Vietnamese, uh, in it's a Vietnamese restaurant with a little bit of French influence. Uh, so there's a snack which we which is my current favorite. It's just a rice cake in Vietnam. It's called Ban Bieu, and what they do is they have this very skinny rice cake in which they put prawns but over here what we are doing is we we have tomato exo yeah. which goes and we actually grill the rice cake as well so it's got this smoky texture and the tomato exo is just incredible on it and then the, the the next one is the skewers so we do have a rotating menu of skewers of the week uh, we rolled out with chicken hearts which have been selling really, really well. Yeah. And it's just very simply marinated in fish sauce, uh, lemon juice, and chili. And then we just finish it off with some smoked salt and lime, simple as it is. But that wood flavor and the, the smokiness is just amazing. Beautiful. And you can see how far Australia has come when pe- people are, are buying the chicken heart skewers in droves from Firebird. I am taking off for Vietnam um, a little later this year, Nabil, so oh, I might no. have to come in and get some inspiration from, from you guys. Nabil Ansari, head chef at Firebird, I'm so excited for you and for the people of Melbourne and Paran who get to enjoy your food. We'll send people to firebirdmelbourne.com.au to salivate over your menu and plan their visit to come and see you. Thank Thank you so much for chatting to me today. Thank you. Thanks, Nabil. Stick around a bit longer. I've got some tips for you on what to eat, drink and do in Melbourne on Relish, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel for Easy Music 3MP. For lovers of easy music, it all adds up with 3MP and crystal clear stereo right across Melbourne. There to make a better, clearer sound for you to enjoy your easy music favourites. Upgrade your radio to DAB Plus and change the way you listen to Easy Music 3MP. Find out more at 3MP.com.au. Righto, just about enough time to share some tips on all things Eat, Drink, Do Melbourne. So eat. Well, plenty of news out of Hyatt with one new option open and another on the way. And when I say one, that's not quite right. First, Chicken Co opened in November, offering locals three venues in one. Chicken Co itself, a modern charcoal chicken joint with chook on offer, of course, and some great-sounding salads and specials. Also on site, Lucky's Bar is a chic Italo-Americano bar serving lasagna, antipasto, beer, wine and cocktails. And then there's Colt Yogurt, a cheeky froyo bar. You can check it all out, chickandco.com.au. And coming soon to Hyatt in big news, Kensington's famous Mexican restaurant and actually originally a tortilla factory, La Tortilleria, is taking over the site formerly home to another Mexican place, Hot Lips Hacienda. These guys churn out surely the most authentic and fun Mexican in Melbourne, so it should be welcome news for residents Southside. The new venue will be called Chilpa by La Tortilleria, so stay tuned for some more details on that. 
And also for something really special, I was lucky enough to be invited to check out the stunning restaurant at Eureka 89. We're talking 300 metres above sea level with surely the best views in the city. The fabulous thing here is there's no subpar seats. All tables are perched alongside their huge clear windows, affording views in my case where we were sitting from Williamstown all the way across to the Dandenong Ranges. I even got a peek at a gig at the Sydney Meyer Music Bowl. Exactly. Chef Renee Martiano has designed a menu that delights, where the vegetable dishes are just as surprising and stunning as seafood offerings like the Glacier 51 toothfish or the melt-in-your-mouth Southern Rangers beef. The staff are seriously gorgeous and the wine matching was spot on too. This is a pretty phenomenal special occasion option, so you can check out the full menu and book at eureka89.com.au. And drink, Melbourne, drink. What about a cocktail recipe from me for you to do at home? I have been perfecting what I call my native chocolate macadamia martini over summer. You just fill a shaker full of ice. Uh, We're talking native, so I say grab your favourite Australian-made vodka. I like Seven Seasons Yam Vodka. Chuck in a shot of that. Add a shot of Brookie's fabulous Mac, which is a macadamia and wattle seed liqueur from Byron Bay. Then chase it down, give it about 20 mils of White Possum's Naked Cacao Liqueur. That's made right here in Spotswood. Give that a vigorous shake, strain, pour into a cold Nick and Nora glass. It is perfection. And lastly, do, well, do consider a visit to the That's Amore Cheese Ricotta Festival taking place at their Thomastown HQ on Sunday the 26th of March. Yes, expect Italian food and drink pop-ups, a local producer marketplace, family entertainment and kids' activities. To kick it off, you can enjoy fresh ricotta calda on arrival and then make a beeline for the porchetta rolls and burrata, the cannoli, the pizza or maybe the Sicilian charcoal barbecue. And drinks, well, Pizzini Wines will be serving up Aperol Spritz and also a Brichetto cocktail. And, of course, their great wine stomping ground are looking after the beers. And Imbue Distillery will be pouring cocktails on the day. You can see the full program by searching Ricotta Festival at eventbrite.com.au. And that's it for this episode. I would love to hear from you anytime for any more suggestions for Eat, Drink, Do Melbourne. Email relish at 3mp.com.au. But this has been the Relish Podcast, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel for easy music, 3MP. You've been listening to the Relish Podcast with Kate Stevenson.